Starting on Daf Tov Reish Chav Zayin. Vayishalchu min ha-machina. This is a piece of Peliyot authored by Ramat Chodov of Harnestaipel, our direct ancestor. This is from the new printing with the footnotes, which is how I arrived at the source. Um, hopefully to be printed soon. So Parshas Nosa. Vayishalchu min ha-machina. And they sent out of the camp. Kol Tzirua v'chol Zov v'chol Tom and the Nefesh. Three different types categories of people who are compromised ritually. The Tzirua is the spiritual leper. The Zav is a person who had a emission of some type of seminal fluid. Tamal Nefesh is a person who was contaminated by contact with death. Rashi explains, Drashas Chazal, Me'aposuk, um, Josh, do me a favor. Pick up some cups. There's no cups in here. If you go right out there, you'll see in the um, room immediately to your left on the top shelf. They were sent out of three camps. The camp of the Shechina, that is the camp where the Mishkan was. Machna Levia was the camp where the Levites dwelled. Machna Yisrael was the camp where Kala Yisrael dwelt. Meaning, explains Rashi, Mitzayra Misholach Af Machna Yisrael. Someone who has this leprosy is ejected even from the camp of Kala Yisrael. Zav, the one with the seminal um, emission, Misholach Mishtei Machnes, he is only sent out of two camps, Machna Shechina or Machna Levia. Tamil Nefesh, the person who is contaminated by death, is Meshulach Arak Memach Neshchina Levad. He is only sent out of the camp where the Mishkan itself was. We know that Torah is eternal. And they said this about it even before they had all the technology. Right, it was eternal. Even though we're not living in the desert. And we don't have the three camps. Nonetheless, this has to be relevant to us in modern times. So, we need to understand what does this say to us today? And what is this concept of the person? What is the message of the camps? And what is the message of the fact that each of these individuals is sent out of their individual camps? Explains Ramat to the next paragraph. Ev Shalayma. Shabchinis Machnes Shchina, who al derech shenema v'shachanti b'seicha. What's the camp of the Shchina? The camp of the Shchina refers to the fact that Hashem dwells in each of us. B'seicha yloy nemar. Chazal say it doesn't say I will dwell in it, referring to the Mishkan. Rather, it says I will dwell in them. That is, Hashem will dwell in the hearts of every Jew. Yisrael are the Mishkan to Hashem. Because there is a spark of godliness that dwells in the Jew. Now remember, We've learned in the past weeks of Tanya three levels. The level of the person who's able to have real emotional love and awe. 
person who, that was category number one. Category number two is a person who can't generate emotional love and awe, but a person who can generate intellectual love and awe. Now we had a person who can't even in, evoke intellectual love and awe. And that person was going to rely upon his neshama, his chedek elikai, memal, his chus, the, the emuna that he has as an inheritance from the others. And we imagine, from one level, that that's going from the highest level down to the lowest level, right? Now go back to where we are. The person who is able to reveal. Last line on the bottom. The love and the awe in his heart. There's nothing there that is concealing. He's got no schmutz loaded on top of his godly spark. This person is constantly emotionally alive from the depth of his heart. He calls out to Hashem from the depths. That's a person who lives in the camp of the Shechina. Meaning, he's totally in touch with his personal Shechina. That's a person who his Shechina is, is out there in the open, he's in touch with it, he's alive with it. That's the person who has the merit to be a dwelling place. He is a virtual Mishkan. Level number one. But a person who's coming to touch with death, he's contaminated, he's compromised by death. He is sent out of that camp. What does Rashi say? Quotes the Medrash. Which is from a language of atzamos, of bones. He's coming to touch with bones. He is contaminated. To the soul of a human being. What's the cause of that? Now, the Tanya never went into that. Tanya diagnosed, but didn't give the cause. Comes her mouth and says, I'll tell you what the cause is. What's the cause that a person can't generate emotional love and fear? So, the Baltanya in the Haggah, they're mentioned that there's certain types of neshamas that are bebchines ibur. Kabbalistically speaking, they're from the fetus station. Says her mouth, here's what it is. A person who is so caught up with matters of this world. He makes the things of this world the main component of life. Could be finances, could be food, could be intimacy, could be whatever it is. But it's the main staple, it's the main ingredient, that's the ikr of life. Because in truth, the matters of this world, they should be something that a person does because he's got to do them. Like paying taxes. Something which is secondary. But not something which is the main focus of life. Says Because this person has switch things around and turned the matters of this world, his physical 
issues into the main focus of life. And his spiritual matters are those things which are secondary. That's why we cannot get our emotions really going in the area of love and awe of HaKadosh Baruch. He doesn't have the capacity to awaken that spark that is there. To real, true, emotional, open love because of the concealment of his crudeness, of his physicality. That is covering over. It's an. It's literally an arla. It's it's a foreskin over his godly portion. Therefore, therefore, this person doesn't belong in the camp of the shechina. He's basically evicted himself from his own machne shechina. He's evicted himself from his own shechina camp. He's, it's not. It's not about taiva per se. He's a person who has made the this world the ikker. And when I have some time, I'll fit God into the picture. It's not even an issue of time. It's an issue of focus. Where? What am I? I'm here to be an Eved Hashem. I happen to be a, a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever it is. I can fit all those things in. What am I though? I am an Eved Hashem. My learning, that's the second thing. My father has this thing with being a Jewish American or an American Jew. So this is a person who possibly could generate intellectual, but cannot generate the emotional. Now let's go to the next one. What's the Levite camp? This is a person who at least has a connection. He's able to cleave in his head. At least intellectually, he's able to do it. Even though his seichel and his understanding, his brilliant understanding, Masegas, it will not arrive him at the place It's not going to get to his emotions. He's got it all intellectually, he's got it all in place, but basically his head could be a trophy in a trophy box somewhere because it doesn't affect the rest of his being. He understands, this is the, the language of the Tanya that we learned, he understands that if I was Put together correctly, I really should be exploding in love for Hashem. But for some reason, it's not making its way from my head down to my emotions. I got it all. I've got it all in place intellectually. I should really be engulfed in a flaming, burning, yearning in love and fear. But at least intellectually, that's where he's at. This is a, a levi, is a connector. He's a person who's attached. At least in his mind, this person has a connection in his intellect. But this person who's had this um, 
seminal emission, Meshulach Gam Memachin Elavia, he is thrown out of even the Machin Elavia. Why? This is a person who has compromised himself. In the area called Yusayid, what does that mean? This is a person who has um, violated the Avera of Sheikh Vazir al which is emitting semen for no good reason. The result of that is that the person cannot, due to the fact that the Sheikh Vazera, the semen comes from the mind, it will end up compromising the mind. This is a person, as a result of this particular sin, it stops a person from even being able to intellectually love and fear. So it's unbelievable. He goes, he takes the Tanya, he takes these three chapters, and he attributes the causes. Cause number one of a person who can't get into emotional love is a person who his physical life, his finances, his whatever it is, physicality, his primary, his Yiddishkeit is secondary. The person who can't get his intellect in place is because of sexual issues. And therefore the Zav is thrown out of the Machna Levi. Flip the page. Two, Tov Reish, Chav Ches. The final level of the leper, not the leopard. Mishulach Gama Machna Yisrael. This one is shipped out even from the camp of the Jews. And this is the one we're going to study tonight in Tanya. V'zeo kasha nechlash chas v'sholem etzle gam b'chines this is a person who is suffering that he cannot, he's weakened his basic emuna. Now, emuna is something we're going to talk about tonight but because it's a very difficult word to translate. Most of us translate emuna as faith. And faith in Christian society means a leap of faith, something which is illogical. That's not what it is in Yiddishkeit. And therefore it's a bad translation. It's a bad association. Uh, my uncle Shalim used to translate it as conviction. There are things which are super logical. There, I can't explain it to you, but I know that that's the way it is. We'll get into it more when we get into the Tanya. Shubchinas Yerushalayim Aviseinu, as we learned in Tanya, it is part and parcel of what we received in our DNA from the fact that the Avais had the Merkava, that the Avais had the chariot. And therefore, they were able to put into the blood of the Jew, Emunah. She Yisrael, hey, maminim, and hey, maminim, quote the Gemara. Kla Yisrael, by definition, are believers, the children of believers. Vein tzach lezeb Critical words. You have all people who are having a, a crisis in Emunah. So what do we do? We go and we give them classes. It's like smelling music. What are you giving classes for? Classes is intellectual. A crisis in Amun is not a crisis in intellect. Amun is not an intellectual process. People who are struggling with Amun don't need intellectual proofs of God. 
Why are you talking to them intellectual terms about something which is supralogical? It's above Seichel. This person is sent even out of this camp. What's the cause of a person who suffers? A loss in Amuna? It happens through Compromise of speech. Someone who guards his mouth and his tongue guards from the tzoros of his soul. Tzoros nafshay from the troubles of his soul. Say chazal from the tzaras of his soul. The, the affliction of tzaras comes from a person who compromises speech. It's a person who has a loose mouth. He has no, no constraints on his mouth. This is the cause, or a cause, of loss of emunah. He explains it unbelievable. He says, speech creates vapor. Hevel, piv, speech creates vapor. Okay? Anybody who has ever walked out in the Milwaukee winter knows that speech creates vapor. And that vapor becomes an enveloping um, atmosphere. Brings here from the Arizal, from the Balatanya. And when a person compromises speech and says things that shouldn't be spoken, he envelops himself with makifim havalim deshikra, with vapor of falsehood. He surrounds himself, he puts himself in a cocoon of sheker. Hevel hema mase tatuim, quoting the post of it is a uh, atmosphere, a cocoon of idolatry. Because these vapor cocoons made of words of falsehood, they become the barriers that don't let holiness pervade. What is he saying? He's saying that there's two types of Makifim, there's two types of enveloping in the world. There is a makif, there's an enveloping, a halo, an atmosphere of emuna. It's a form of shechina. But where, where did this start? The Rebbein took the mountain and suspended it over them like a barrel. All the Mepharshim asked, why didn't he suspend it like a mountain? Because this was the makif. He, he enveloped them in a in a air of kiddush in a air of emuna, and we have the ability to nash from that makif, as we'll soon see. In, in the whole concept of emuna, is a pchinas makif. Ramatla talks about this extensively in the sefer. For instance, there's a concept that he loves, which again he quoted he quotes from the Baltania and the Baltania quotes it from elsewhere. Ganva apomachtarta rachmanakarye. The thief, as he's about to break into the bank, puts on his gazel and says, I'm going to give money to the yeshiva and let this go off well and I shouldn't get caught. And you know, and then he takes off his gazel and goes and breaks into the bank. 
Now, there's a disconnect. Right? Because if you believe in God, why are you breaking into banks? But that's Judaism. Why? Because it's a makif. It's part of who we are. But it's not integrated. What's our job? Our job is constantly to grow so that we extend the area of Amuna into our being and it, it, it continues to expand. So we'll get into it more as soon as we get into the, the text of the Tanya. But what this person has done is he's exchanged the Makiv of Kedusha and instead has wrapped himself in a Makiv of Shekhar. His own words have created around him a barrier made up of falsehood. And as a result, the result of which is a crisis in Amunah. How does it differ from the one before and when he has to, he goes after the sexual desires? Isn't that the same concept? He's changed what he could do. Performs an oral, maybe? Yeah, what's the difference? Different kinds? Different kinds? I, I don't know why he attributes one to the other. It's clearly based on Kisri Ari that he's, he's saying that why one creates one, one creates the other. I mean, you see, if you talk, by talking Shekhar, you, 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 you have a machitza between you. No, he's saying there it's because no. of an issue of creating that vapor. Right, but when you're doing an act in a very, you also make a, a... It's not vapor per se, I mean, it's an action, but it's not, it's not, this issue of vapor, I'll tell you where, where else it's brought, it's a gorgeous concept, you have to remember the Sukkot time, because it says, Sukkot time, that the Anani covet, that the clouds of glory for which the Sukkot commemorates is in the merit of Aaron Akain. What was Aaron? What did Chazal say about Aaron? That Aaron used to go from one person to the next and say, you know, I know so and so is upset with you, and he would, you know, and, and and he wants to really regret it, and he would do all this peaceful talk. So the vapor of his mouth says, Tzaddik or the Navdinez, one of the Pelish Revis says that that vapor itself created the clouds of glory, in whose merit we have the mitzvah of Sukkah. And what is the Sukkah called in in the Kabbalistic terms? It's called. Tzila de Mehemnusa. It's called the shade of Emuna. It's this very same concept. So the Tikkun, for Dibor, the Tikkun, the rectification for this is on Pesach, it's Mechla de Mehemnusa, it's eating Emuna. And on Sukkot, it's replacing it with the enveloping Ur of the Sukkah. I don't know if he's going to talk about this, but is it possible to sublimate or to Makadish that Maki, if one becomes about Chuva? Oh, for sure. Every day. Okay. All right, now, let's, now that we did these three doubles here in Peliot, let's go in and look at it as the Baltanya says it in the source here. Yeah, like when he says Shekhar, is it lobbed up? Or something? Yeah. That's just one form. It's any form of Shekhar, anything which is not true. Right. It's Shekhar Veloshan Horat, it's Rechidus, it's Nivel Peh, it's inappropriate speech. Those are all different forms of Shekhar. All right, so in the Sefer Tanya, we're on page Chav Dalit, page 47. And we are two lines from the top, right after the brackets. What chapter are you in? Chapter 18. Right in the center. <laughs> the words, a few words from right after the brackets. I don't know if you have the brackets there, but he just finished talking about the fact that even simple people are able to draw down great neshamas um, as is brought in the Seifel Gilgulim. Now, we begin as follows. 
I want you to understand that Chachma, that this concept that we're going to discuss called Chachma. What's Chachma? We know, we generally translate Chachma as wisdom. Says the Baltani, I want you to understand that Chachma is the source for intellect and understanding. But, it far supersedes understanding. What is Bina? Bina is when a person is able to grasp an idea and process it and make it his own. But I want you to understand that the concept that we refer to as Chachma is far beyond our understanding. And that's why we refer to Torah as being Chachma Hashem. Because the Chachma is always far greater than the, any understanding of it. Therefore, when a person is able to take any Torah idea and process it using their brain, we are always cognizant of the fact that we're just getting a little sliver of it. <coughs> Why? Because my IQ is very limited. Hashem's IQ is infinite. So I'm taking a Chachma of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm processing it using the best tools I got, but that's limiting it through my tools, my ability of understanding. And that's why we understand that in all the Kabbalistic works, Bina is the source for Gevura. Why? Because, by definition, it's a limiting, it's a very limiting thing. I'm taking an idea which is infinite. Even if it's coming from somebody else, or I'm reading it, it's an idea that somebody else came up with, I'm still taking it and tempering it using my tools. So I'm, it's always a limiting thing. Masha'enke Chachma, Chachma could be infinite. So let's say you're sitting and you're struggling for, through an idea. Can't get it, can't get it. All of a sudden the light goes on. Oh! What happened? There was a, a blitz of Chachma that came through. But you can't verbalize it yet. You don't have the tools yet to process it and explain it to somebody. Else. You gotta take it and work it through. During that work through, ultimately, you're going to end up limiting the idea that came to you to the point you may have to go back to the source numerous times in order to even be able to eloquently express the idea to somebody else. Let's see it inside. Chachma is far greater, far beyond the understanding or the attainment of the idea. It's the source of any idea that I'm able to grasp. Therefore we understand the language of Chachma is made up of two words. It's made up of Koyach Ma. It's the strength to grasp It's the power to grasp what? To grasp the understanding that up until now I didn't get this. But now I have the strength to ask the question. Ramatullah says it's the Koyach to ask Ma. It's a question to even ask about something. What is this? But on the level of Chachma, I haven't yet grasped it. 
Therefore, we understand that it is in Chachma that is contained the infinite energy of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's the only place that Hakadosh Baruch Hu can actually dwell. Why? Because Hashem is not graspable. We cannot get it. He's too great for us to be able to wrap our minds around him. And therefore he is contained in Chachmah because Chachmah is also too great to wrap our minds around it. But what, based upon what he taught us last week, which was that the Neshama comes from, even if it's the lowest of Malchus Dasiya, it is still contained, connected to the highest level of Chachmah. And in Chachmah is the presence of Hashem. So within every one of us, no matter how low we are, is the Aryan Seif Baruch is this infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch So this is a, a completely different twist on the concept that we see in all the Sifri Kodesh of every Jew having the spark of the Divine. Here he's telling us the spark of the Divine is contained in the fact that Hashem emanated Chachma. And in the Chachma is contained the infinite emanation of Hashem. And he proves it that even Ulachain Kol Yisrael, therefore every Jew, Afil on even women who at that time were extremely ignorant. And the most ignorant of people, they had the deepest Emunah. Because Emunah is not dependent upon intellect, it is supralogical. He quotes the Pasuk. The Pasuk says that the fool is also able to be, to believe anything. Are you going to say that that's an insult to call us all idiots, to call us all fools? Vis-a-vis Hashem, who is far beyond any Seichel, any one of our, the greatest minds, and no mind can grasp him. Everybody's a fool compared to God. Like the Pasuk says, I'm like a fool and I don't know. I'm, when I'm with you, I'm like an animal. What's he saying? I'm with you all the time. That is to say, when I recognize that I am but a fool, I'm I'm just like an animal in this level. Only then, then I can be with you. Because it's only when a person recognizes that the neshama within him is so much greater than anything we can grasp. It's only then that we have a relationship to the infinite within us. The moment that everything is only bound by my understanding and my mind is Achen Rei. It goes back to the same question. Do I want to believe in a God who I can fully understand? If I can understand everything I can this Baruch is saying, and I get, you know, I get it all. So, uh, do I want a God who's on par with my intellect? Ulechein, says the Baltanian, for this reason, Afilukal, Shebekalim, the lightest weight Jew. Upashi Yisrael, even the sinners among Jews. Moisrim, Nafsham, Al-Kiddush, Hashem, al the vast majority of the most simple Jews will go to their death, rather than, Vesayv, Leminuyim, Koshim, and they will suffer 
immeasurable pain. Not to deny the existence of a single God. If they're mamish, the lowest level of people, the ignoramuses, and you would ask them, you know, describe to me one parak in Rambam, they can't do it. Nonetheless, they go to their deaths, rather than denying God's existence. Because it is an essential part of the Jew. And even the little bit that they do know, they rarely contemplate it. He says, don't try convincing me that they are going to the desk because they have a deep understanding, an intellectual understanding of godliness. Please, that's not where it's at. They go to their deaths without any intellectual capacity whatsoever. This is not an intellectual decision. It's an essential decision. It's part of who they are. It's like a mother who will lift up a car to save her child, who will put herself in the way of danger to protect her kid. You're going to say, okay, what was the intellectual process that you went through that led you to do that? And she'll look at you like a total idiot. She'll probably punch you in the face. This is not an intellectual decision. It's because this is who I am. It's as if it's just virtually impossible for him to deny God's existence without an exchange, without an argument. The reason is because Hashem Echod illuminates and gives life to the entire being. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu embodies himself in the Chochmah, that's in the soul, it's something which is completely above and beyond Seichel. Now, we must understand this, fellas. There's a benchmark, there's a bottom line, which is emuna, exclusively emuna. no matter how smart a person is, no matter how great the person's attainment in Kabbalah and in, and in the brilliance of Torah is, there's a certain level. The Baltanian and Lukut Torah says on the Pasuk of Atares Ludas Ki Hashem Olekim Eneid Movadoi that the mitzvah of Amuna, he says, does not pertain to the fact that there is a God. He says, you've got to be an idiot to deny God's existence. That's not where Amuna plays itself out. Amuna plays itself out on the level of what he calls Seif of Kolamit. It's not relevant right now to the, this conversation. But the point is, Ramatullah talks extensively in Pelioids about the Pasuk that says, Ure'e with an ayin, Vav Reish ayin hei, Ure'e that a person is called upon to pasture their emuna. What does it mean to pasture emuna? What, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd feeds his sheep. He takes them out into the, and has them graze and grows their emuna. How do we grow emuna? The more we relate, the more mitzvahs we perform, the more Torah we learn, the more we're able to discuss what we took, what we were discussing before in the vapor, and internalize it, so that what for one person is amuna is for another person das. Meaning, we have the capacity of integrating amuna, growing our das. And all that does is it never reaches a point where Emun and Das are, always, are going to be synonymous. Okay? Emun and Das cannot be synonymous. Das is integration, is understanding, 
emona is super logical. But what we can do is the understanding that we have can be categorically millions of miles ahead of where another person's das is. And the more we take into ourselves, the more we move out, we mature our level of, of amuna. So it's a, um, it's a sliding line. And that's when, when Ramatul is talking about a person who falls in Amunah, it doesn't mean he's going to wake up tomorrow morning and become an atheist. That's not where it's at. It could be that. If a person does enough. It just means that the lines move. What, what's, where is my reality today? My God reality. Where is the benchmark? Where, is, where am I in touch with that level of Amunah? Where is my makif? What is internalized? What is external? What am I out of touch with? Those are moving lines in life. Those are things that we're called upon to increase. And when Ramatul here was talking about the fact that that um, a person loses touch, it's Davish on the Milam and Asaikal, and he's Mishulach, he's he's thrown out of that camp. What he what he's saying is that we can do things excuse me, that distance us from our essence. We're totally out of touch with it. And that's where we need to we need to grow our amuna. We need we need to we we need to through the midst of performance and as the Piyasatna Rebbe says, through a tefillah before we do a mitzvah, which says Rabbanishlam, I want whatever segula is contained in this mitzvah to affect me in such a way, because it's all too easy for a person to go through their entire life performing mitzvahs and learning Torah and the Rabbanishlam never comes into the picture. It's not about God. That's the greatest tragedy of all. So, this Perikyud Ches becomes so essential to the, the uh, and in this, I, I believe this piece of Peliyayat just brings it to life, that these are the three levels that we, that we reached up until now. But, what I wanted to bring out, the main Nikud I wanted to bring out here, listen carefully, because this is a, a, an Eidol of thought, where we envy the person who's able to become engulfed and inflamed in their ahav and yir, their love and awe. It's not essentially theirs. Whereas this level that we're talking about, of this Yerushalayim of was something that nobody can ever take away from us. So on one level, it's the deepest and the greatest emuna because it's, it's in our DNA. And we can delude ourselves, and, and you know, it goes back to this horrible line from Woody Allen, which is, uh, somebody said to him, uh, Woody, what is with you and guilt? Do you believe in God? And he said, no, and I feel really guilty about it. And it, unfortunately, it's not funny, because in as much as we try escaping, it is who we are. And even those who are distanced, the Meshulach from Achan Ultimately, it, it haunts us. It, it's there constantly irritating us and calling back to us. And, and the more we internalize it, the more we grow in it, the more we pasture our emuna, the deeper it becomes. And then we hopefully move on to the higher levels of being able to intellectualize our love and fear and eventually to be able to feel it.